the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The text for today is the the second half of that gospel reading from Mark chapter 6. With myself and our Alaska mission team having just completed air travel over the last two weeks, and for, for you who have gone through airports, I'm pretty sure that it's clear to anyone today that you can't put guns, knives, crossbows, box cutters, and mace and similar items in your carry-on luggage and expect to go on and board an airplane right after that. But what's the problem with things like toothpaste, mouthwash, yogurt and chocolate pudding in your carry-on bag? A few personal items that are permitted are allowed in small amounts. Remember, three ounces or less. They've got to be arranged carefully in a clear Ziploc bag. And you can't have bigger amounts than that. Explosives, they can be disguised to look like these very innocent items. So we either have to leave them at home or put them in our checked baggage. Uh, I found that out personally because there's two jars of wild berry Alaska jam that's still up in Anchorage. It was more than three ounces, I forgot. So someone's enjoying some good breakfasts up there through that security group. Actually, the Transportation Security Administration, or the TSA, they would be happier if we took nothing more than just the clothes on our backs when we would board the plane. But generally, we know that that's not practical. So it's essential for us to know that that's what Jesus told his disciples when he sent them out in pairs to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to call people to repentance. Jesus told them, take nothing for the journey. Actually, according to Mark, Jesus did allow them to take a staff and also to wear sandals and, of course, the clothes that they were wearing. But Jesus, like the TSA, he had a list of prohibited items. He says no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, and no second tunic. And in the Luke account, Jesus doesn't even allow sandals. And in Matthew, he says no sandals or staff. Now, Jesus had a reason for those items that he had banned. And he knew that they could undermine the mission on which he was sending his disciples if they took a bunch of extra things. Because they were to depend on God to provide for them because of the hospitality of strangers. And as they went from town to town, how they traveled and how they were welcomed by others was to be itself a demonstration of God's care for them. So think about it. Jesus says that they were not to check any bags. And also, they could only take one personal item, as Mark and Luke say, a staff. What a group they must have been. Peter's garments, they may have been too big for John. Philip's clothes, no doubt, smelled differently than Andrew's. The clothing of Matthew, the former tax collector was probably of nicer material than James the fisherman. Bartholomew's tunic, 
It may have had a rip in it that made it identifiable as his own. And how about Thomas's wife? Maybe she was such a, a good seamstress that the clothing that she made for him was easy to identify from the other 12 disciples. But there's a lesson for us here. When Jesus sends out his people into the world, and he tells them to rely on him and to take nothing with us, we can't help but take who we really are, including the baggage that we normally carry. And by baggage, I don't mean suitcases and parcels, but instead, that word baggage is really shorthand for burdensome personal history. The things that we drag with us that interfere with our being able to live fully for Christ at the present time. This baggage could be non-productive ways for dealing with conflict or inappropriate responses when we're triggering those with inopportune moments. Maybe it's fears that were not addressed from childhood. Psychological damage from verbal or physical abuse. Frightening ideas, perhaps even about God. In fact, it could be any holdover from our past that prevents us from getting on well in our relationships and also in our daily responsibilities. Sometimes that baggage becomes so heavy that we need counseling or psychological help to unload it. And that can be hard because we may have things which we've hidden in ourselves so heavily that we would feel awkward if we actually got rid of it. Probably most of us have had some kind of baggage that travels with us even when we think we're taking nothing for the journey. But there are a couple things that Jesus shares with us here as he sends out the twelve, that we can really note from this particular account. First, he tells them to take nothing for the journey. Now, he never tells them to take no clothing. He wants them to be vulnerable, but not that vulnerable. They can take their shortcomings also, their scarred minds and damaged emotions with them, and they can still do the work that he has called them to do. They were still able, as we saw that they were able to cast out demons and heal the sick and call people to repentance. And secondly, they were working for the divine healer. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, in that gospel, it says that after him reporting a day when Jesus had cast out spirits and healed the sick, Matthew says that what Jesus had done was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. And a quote there is, he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Note the word infirmities. Since it's included in an account where Jesus has healed several people, we might assume that infirmities mean strictly illnesses or disease. But in fact, there's two activities named here. One is healing, or bearing our diseases, and casting out spirits, taking our infirmities. In the Bible, the meaning of the word infirmity or weakness seems to range from our sins on one hand to our illnesses on the other. It's reasonable to include that our infirmities also include emotional baggage. For that kind of load, the scriptures suggest that what we need is neither forgiveness nor medicine, but divine healing. And we Christians who know what righteousness means, you know, we may be tempted to label some of our own hang-ups as sins. 
Now, some can be, but don't go too quickly there, because the person who, for example, has too high of an opinion of himself may be guilty of the sin of pride. But the one who displays his abilities may not be proud at all. Let me explain. He may have such low esteem of himself that his apparent pride is actually an attempt to hide how worthless he or she feels. And what they suffer from is baggage. What they need is healing. Christians who suffer from persistent guilt may naturally conclude that they have some unconfessed sins in their lives. Now that could be the case, but it's also possible that those feelings of guilt may simply arise from the fact that their parents could have been severe or judgmental people, or that they grew up hearing a lot of fire and brimstone type of preaching. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told his listeners to not be anxious about their lives, what they would eat or drink or what they would wear. And he went out to point out that instead of worrying, they should trust in God to care for them. And what does he say? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So Jesus says, don't be anxious. But he never said that the person is lost without God. We know that the tendency to worry about everything doesn't mean that we're not faithful followers of Christ. It may mean, however, that we may have baggage. So what are some things that we can do about that baggage? Let me give you four things in dealing with our infirmities. And that might even help us leave some of that baggage behind. First of all, Ask God to help us face our problems squarely and for us not to rationalize them ourselves. Admit to him the specific reaction that interferes in our relationships and keeps us from doing well. Secondly, empty the poison bottle. In other words, take a look at those people we blame for some of our own hang-ups and decide what we need to keep memories from poisoning us today. Third, accept the responsibility for who we are. In terms of understanding where our various complexes come from, it may be helpful to look at what circumstances in our past have contributed to the shaping of our present person. It's far more important to say, you know, regardless of how I got where I am, I am responsible for dealing with it now and for working to become the whole person God intended me to be in Christ. You know, that may be even ignoring some of those initial gut reactions we have to things, and in behaving instead in ways that are more adult in nature. And finally, fourth, lay the problem before God. It's not to suggest that such things as counseling and support groups and psychiatry are inappropriate for baggage handling, We know that sometimes they're the very first line of help. But talking to God about the scars that we bear, that's often a vital part of our healing process. If we let Jesus handle our baggage, then we know that we're going to have a different outlook on life and the things that we face. There's a preacher and writer named David Siemens who tells this story about a woman named Betty. Betty's mother and father were not married when Betty was conceived. And 
In fact, her parents only got married because of the pregnancy. And neither parent really wanted a child. And when Betty was three and a half years old, her father walked out. And even though she was young, she remembered that final argument between her parents and the moment that her father left for good. And for her, it was a terrifying moment. And it left an aching pain within her. But later in her adult life, Betty became a Christian. And she married a Christian man. But they experienced difficulties in their relationship, in part of Betty's continuing depression that she had. She went to see her pastor, and in counseling with him, told him about that painful memory of her father leaving, and how she felt abandoned. And her pastor asked her to spend time pondering and praying about the question, where was God at the moment that you were conceived? Well, that seemed a little weird to Betty, but she took the assignment seriously. And on the the third day, she thought about the question, and she suddenly began to cry. And an image occurred to her of how God was loving her, not only at that moment of conception, but also every moment in her life. That was the beginning of Betty being able to handle her baggage. And it was also the start of a repair of a marriage, too. You know, there are times when Jesus' instruction to take nothing for the journey with us, when it ought to be taken almost literally, it's an opportunity for us to leave our baggage behind as we do the work for the Lord. And as you journey in life and in faith, know that God will supply our every need. In a similar way to going through the TSA checkpoints, some days are going to go really smooth. And there's other times when it's going to be days of struggle. And it may seem like through those security checkpoints as if we're getting nowhere at all. But with Jesus, a journey in faith is a journey of walking with him, even as our Lord walks with us every day. It's my prayer that the Lord will go with you as you walk with him both nearby and even to faraway places as he leads you in this life, in this journey. And he says, give it all to me. I can carry it for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is your Lord and Savior. Amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.